0: Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. I am Patrick Farrar, and thank you for joining us for another installment of the Opinionated Stance podcast. Please do me a huge favor and visit opinionatedstance.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, we have a YouTube channel. Subscribe there. We put the audio there um, so you can check it out in that forum as well. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, show ideas, please reach out. We'd love to hear feedback from our listeners, and thank you from the bottom of my heart. The feedback that we've gotten so far about the shows have been tremendous and it makes me want to take and do the show uh continually going forward so thank you again um today we are going to talk about two very important topics that are dear to my heart mentorship and building a work life that you really are proud of and really want um i felt that these topics were perfect to discuss today with uh our guest and very close friend and mentor of mine zach gilbert Zach has been a freelance software engineer for over a decade and has mastered a work-life balance that includes working with new and exciting techn- technology and also international travel. Yes, international travel. Zach um, is also one of, the first, one of my first mentors in the software space who has helped guide me in developing a career in software in chicago zach thank you for being here today on the show
1: thanks for having me patrick i'm a big fan of the show so really glad to be here
0: yeah first time long time listener first time caller exactly perfect so um zach why don't you do me a favor and for the people that don't know uh about you or the about the man the myth and the legend please uh Tell them a little bit more about your background, what you've done in the past, where you see yourself going, where any new horizons or international travels are going to be taking you, like any of that stuff.
1: Sure. Uh, well, I've, uh, I've been working on the web uh, since I was real young. Uh, started out just kind of, you know, uh, script kiddie, uh, just kind of building stuff, uh, PHP and JavaScript and HTML and all that stuff. And then uh, went to school for IT and web development and then uh kind of from that just uh, you know have been continually paid to uh to build things on the internet uh in various uh formats um i've worked for a bunch of companies uh but ultimately have always ended up back uh as a freelancer as like kind of my my own company um and and doing uh work on my own i have A couple of my own software products uh, that I'm now working on. While I still do have a couple uh, clients, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, trying to like move away from that and had kind of just solely doing my own software products. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, but yeah, uh, like you mentioned, uh, kind of a a big traveler. Uh, My fiance and I um, kind of have made that a core component of our life um we we love to travel and we try to do that on a regular basis um, and we're lucky that both of us uh own our own company mm-hmm. and so uh we're the boss and can kind of say when we have vacation days and and when we don't that's um, awesome yeah so it it works out well for us we we really enjoy it
0: that's cool I think um one of the best things that like can summarize what we're going to be talking today is yes yeah, so we're going to talk about mentorship and then we're also going to be talking about building that work life you want but Today's show is ultimately going to be about lifestyle. It's going to be about how to take and see change in your life and also ways that um, you can take and do things that are, you know, it's not always yourself that's going to be doing it. So like jumping into this first topic about mentorship, I want to share a story that um, some people might know, some people might not know, but it goes back to the first time I met Zach and it goes back to something that we've talked about in this episode and previous episodes before about Startup Weekend. But it was like this one faithful weekend. I remember faithful. it fondly. It was, uh, it was May 2012, and it was ridiculously hot for like May and beautiful, sunny. I think it was like 75, 80 degree like May weekend here in Chicago. And I had flown back from Seattle after a company that I'd worked with uh, unceremoniously uh, shit the bed. We'll just call it that. Um And, uh, I was looking for opportunities and I knew that I always wanted to move back here to Chicago. And I attended the startup weekend. And one of the most uh, interesting things is I pitched the idea. And the first thing I said when I got up there to pitch my idea is, hi, I'm Patrick. This is my idea. I flew in from Seattle to be here. Here's the music idea that I want to pitch and stuff like that. And immediately after talking about this presentation, Zach comes up to me and it's like, hey, dude, that's awesome. Thank you for coming here. Let's not only stay in touch, but... I want to help you out. And that I want to help you out was I had a mind in my mindset that I wanted to be back here in Chicago, 18 months or so after that day to take and live and become a software engineer and be part of this community. Um, But with the mentorship and the support from Zach, um, you know, via email, phone calls and stuff, as I was still living in Seattle, trying to make the transition actually made that possible. So that's where we go there. And the reason I bring this up as a story is because mentorship starts in many different ways. Um, and it's, it's impactful. So Zach, I want to, first off, thank you again for taking it. It takes a lot to take and get up and take and, you know, offer yourself there. But, um, I want to take and start to like dive in and stuff like, so that's like one example of mentorship. Mm -hmm. What does mentorship look like to you?
1: Uh, that's really interesting. Um, because I think that there are multiple forms of mentorship, um, there's kind of the traditional like mentor mentee like I don't know you kind of think of how it's portrayed in movies or yeah Seinfeld
0: the mentor <laughs> protege thing right
1: exactly yeah yeah you have, yeah you have Kramer and you know whoever he was uh... Darren it <laughs> yeah, was the yeah, intern Darren, I literally right. watched that last year yeah. or
0: George with uh, trying to take and do the risk management stuff that's right yeah
1: yep yep um so you have that where it's kind of like an established like it's very um. Like people it's an are, ivory
0: tower institution kind of relationship.
1: Right. And I think it's very much like a, like almost like a, uh, established from like college of like, you need a mentor, go find this person. They're going to help you get, they're going to have the answers. They're going to guide
0: you. They're going to have the network. They're going to have exactly. This, you know, and
1: it's very official. And it's very like, both people are very aware that it's happening. Like they're very aware of their role. Um, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, there, it's very kind of just um, someone signs up for it almost, and you know, there's it just pro- happens. There, yeah, there's
0: process in place. It's very formalized. It's right, not exactly. ad hoc. It's not in- informal. Right.
1: But then I think there's also kind of the um, the more uh, natural um, kind of more. Uh, there's a different form of mentorship where it just kind of happens naturally, and it kind of happens without people realizing it. Um, and I've had way more examples of that in my life. Right. Um, and I kind of think of, uh, kind of our relationship as kind of more in that realm, um, where it just kind of happened. Right. And it was more of just like, you were someone who you were, you were living your life and we kind of came into each other's lives and you were trying to figure something out. And I was just there and just naturally giving either advice or feedback or whatever. Um, and I've had probably a, a decent amount of mentors, um, like
0: mentor relationships. Yeah. Like that
1: that in my life where it just kind of, you know, um, they're kind of, they're not necessarily like super established, Mm -hmm. but they just, they still, you know, um they provide some amount of value no matter for how long or or whatever. Like I I know in high school I had a, a like a, a teacher who was very much like a mentor to me. Yeah. Who he was a he was a Latin teacher. Uh I didn't even take Latin, but uh I just happened to like he was a a nerdy guy. Yeah. And there weren't that many People like that in my community, so I just naturally was like, "Oh, hey, you're a nerd too!" Like
0: you probably like similar things that I do. We can talk about it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like we bonded over like they might be giants, or you know, like uh, like indie movies and stuff like that. Sure. Um, And it was just kind of like as a high school student trying to figure out like what do I do with my life? What am I? Where am I going? How am I? You know, living. He was kind of one of those people that kind of was just. Like, oh, you don't have to follow the normal route. Like there are other options for you. Right. You don't have to, you know, like go this way. You
0: don't have to do the traditional like go to this, this, and this. Like exactly. you can take and do what you choose. Like
1: Yeah, if- you can kinda of do things a little different. Um and then in college, uh I had a teacher who he was, you know, uh one of my like web development teachers. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, we would get lunch uh on a regular basis kind of meet up he would help me I knew very much like what I wanted to do with my life at that point sure sure and it was like how do I get there what are the best ways for me to do this and he kind of helped me kind of provided me feedback and like uh kind of you know, help, help me figure out the, the route that I needed to go. But then like once college ended, I probably haven't talked to him since type thing. So it was very much like a, like situational, uh, it it worked for that period of my life. Like, I think a lot of people have way more mentor mentee experiences than they realize. And they just don't even like know that they're happening.
0: Yeah. Because they're unofficial. It's not like this whole like, Oh, I'm your mentor. You're going to listen to everything I say. It's, um, I think the way that it's like we can take and look at it from like just a standpoint of our scenario. You, yeah, you moved from New York to Chicago, like, yep. and you got plugged into this community, and you did what I was looking to do. And not only did you, like from our standpoint, you had were working in the same same technology that I was just learning. So mm-hmm. our relationship had a lot of different things of like getting plugged in and all this other stuff. But ne- nor never did our like initial like conversations be oh, you need to go learn this on this thing. I'd right. ask you questions and you'd respond, but you'd never tell me the answer. It was always, that's not a bad thing. You would always uh, provide me the opportunity. You'd put me in the direction to take an, oh, you should go talk here or you should yeah. take a look at this. And I think that was the thing. It's like, it's. I think anytime you're in a situation where you're doing some sort of continual learning, There's some sort of mentorship going on, regardless if you think it is totally if you're averse to it. okay. if you don't like mentorship, don't call it mentorship. But it's it's happening regardless. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally.
1: It's totally happening around you. It happens more often than you think. Right. uh, More than you realize. Um, And it's just because of a natural like dynamic between people, I think. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, I think in our startup community and our like the Chicago dev community, we it's a very tight knit community mm-hmm. in terms of like the developers. I know that on the handful of people that I have in my network, we talk a lot about different things and bounce ideas back off of it. And one time you could be the expert on quote unquote expert on topic, and then another time you could be oh totally. no, the you know, the bottom of it. Like, I don't have the slightest idea, yep. and so like, even like our relationship. Like in a relationship, the mentor could be a mentor on one topic, but also the protege on the other one. You know, we could be the 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 George Costanza. Yes, we could be the George Costanza, the Mister Miyagi, in one, and then we could be the (laughs) Kenny Banya in the other. So, um, it's really interesting. So, it's there's obviously the formal the the formal situations, the Mm -hmm. mentor protege. There's also the ad hoc. What are there any other things that you've seen too, like? I mean I think that there's like there's thought leaders which could mm-hmm. be a form of mentorship but that's more of a somebody putting something out there and yeah. then other people consuming it not directly knowing who's consuming it that's mentorship in my books
1: it, Yeah no I think you're totally right I mean like uh David Hanami Hansen DHH you know the creator of Rails mm-hmm. like he's been a huge influence on me and I mean yeah technically in many ways I would like, I would consider him a mentor to me though. He has no idea. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like there's one video of him giving a talk. I think it was at like a, a rails Conf, um, about him talking about how he doesn't consider himself a, um, like software engineer or a computer scientist that he considers himself. Like he writes software. Mm-hmm. He, he builds software like, but, like he builds information systems, but he he's not a right engineer. Yeah, and I would I I kind of while a software computer, engineer is he, yeah. is an easy way to describe what I do. Um, I kind of think I, I would describe what I do very similar to him in that I just like to build stuff. Right, like I build things, and the internet just happens to be my medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to build tools. I like to build systems, but I don't necessarily like, I didn't go to school for CS. Right. I didn't go to school for engineering. Same. Um, and I think a lot of us, you know, who are kind of self-taught, um, web people. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, it was this whole, like, Oh, am I a real developer?
0: I had that for a long time. I had that stigma of like, am I a real developer? Can I take and warrant it out? And I think, once I first realized that yes, I'm a developer because I bring a product side of things to Mm -hmm. it. Like my background's in marketing. So I think of how to get a product to market and sell it. And I just happen to use software as the medium and the choice to take and do that because that's an easier way for distribution. If there's another way to take and do that, I will do that. You know, like I'm doing recording and record production and, design and all these different things. The internet happens to be, and building software is the easiest lower cost way Mm -hmm. to do that. So it's like,
1: yeah, it's the medium of the time. Yeah, I mean, like I've, I grew up playing with Legos and Mm -hmm. building stuff, uh, you know, from such a, a young age that it was natural that coming up in this period of time when the internet was so prevalent that this became the, the medium like that I chose because it's so easy to, kind of build stuff yeah um it's magic really
0: yeah i mean going back to also that the topic of different mentors that we have that they don't know like Mm -hmm. their whole following is i think of immediately marketing i think of seth godin and his blog that he posts out all the different things in the books that he's written has helped me understand uh product mix and different like how to communicate in those different mediums um but he doesn't know who i am and i've never shook his hand but he's influenced myself and a lot of people the other one that i know that you know very much who is extremely passionate about what he does is gary v. Mm-hmm. Um, gary Vaynerchuk. it does a lot of stuff that oh, yeah. you know he he actively takes and goes out to take in um talk to people like in dm and different things but his audience is so huge but like all the content that he puts out there is like it mentors a lot of people and helps them go like i know you've posted some things and definitely Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. He's been ascribed to some of the thoughts and philosophies there.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's been a a huge part of kind of shaping, uh, that world.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting to think about. So how do you value mentorship in a professional capacity? Like what is like from, if you look at it from a career, it's not going to take, it's not going to be dollars. Like let's take that off the table. Mentorship, you're not getting anything tangibly out of it. You may, you may get paid to be a mentorship, but that seems like more like a like a pimp relationship. And I don't even <laughs> want to go into yeah. that right now, but the value of mentorship from being like in any of those like different ways that we talked to, like how do you personally value mentorship mm-hmm. in your life?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, it all comes down to relationships. Uh, like it's interpersonal communication and and relationships. Like we are a social species and, um, I think it's very natural for us to kind of, you know, we kind of come together as groups. Right. Um, And, I mean, that's a huge reason why uh, the Chicago tech community was such a huge part early on uh, in a lot of my development uh, as a professional. Right. Um, So
0: elaborate a little bit more on the Chicago tech groups that you were a part of early on and then that you've also been, like, organizing with and some of the people that you've worked with.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I came to Chicago in 2008, I believe. Um, and at that time there wasn't much of a community. Right. Um, like there were still like Chicago is a real big ad agency town.
0: Sales and um, marketing.
1: Yeah. And so I came here originally cause my brother lived here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he worked at a, a, a digital uh, marketing agency called manifest digital. Um, and then I actually interned with them, uh, in college And I came here just because, you know, my brother was here. I liked the town. You know, it's a fun place. Um, Lots to do. Lots to do. Uh, It's a, you know, it's not as big as New York City, um, but it still gives you a lot of the benefits. Um, And so, yeah, I came here and there wasn't much of a a tech scene. Um, And so I got involved really early on with uh, Seth Seth Kravitz, uh, who he... Um, was looking to start a like a community here in Chicago a, a, like establish an actual right. like, startup community and so i met with him and um together uh with a couple other people mark Bertrand um and a few others we uh started a a company called technori um which a lot of people in chicago probably know of now as like it's a huge kind of startup showcase um but we started it really early on as just kind of a you know of a new site about what was going on in sure, Chicago sure. and then we would you know had meetups and um that kind of thing um and uh so we started that um and that kind of blew up uh it in a good blew way up. like
0: it expanded quickly yeah
1: yeah like uh people kind of really kind of Globbed onto.
0: Yeah, it. they attached themselves to like. this. Yeah. this is filling a need in the market that we had. Exactly. Like, like there
1: are a lot of people in the city who were in the industry, but no one really getting together. Um, and so, uh, Technori kind of started to to do that. At the same time, uh, with a buddy of mine, uh, Daniel Zarek, we started a um, uh, kind of a weekly or monthly meetup, uh, called uh, Chicago Concat, um, which. For the pro the non programmers out there, concat is a kind of a programming term to bring together. Like, essentially, you use it to build strings out of multiple. Uh,
0: <laughs> I get it. I yeah, get yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Um. But so essentially, it was a meetup of bringing together people in Chicago. Concat
0: a plus b yep. is bringing those together. That's exactly. exactly what it's supposed to do.
1: Yep. So. Uh. And so, uh, essentially, we would just go to a bar once a month. Uh. And just kind of sit around talk you know drink have fun tell war stories about you know uh what we were working on or what was going on in the industry that kind of thing and so we did that for a real long time it's kind of died down now um just because there's been other and the people that have taken up the mantle or, you know, yeah, like there's other, different, there's yeah, different groups seems, that, yeah. Yeah. The kind of Chicago scene has changed uh, quite a bit, especially with, uh, 1871 coming around. Mm-hmm. Like they've kind of become more of the established, like yeah, a
0: town hall, yeah. a town hall place for people to actually con- congregate, which it's not a bad thing. It's no, just, it, it changes. Like, I remember when I first came, everything was done in coffee shops and bars. Yep. Not as a bad thing. It's just, it was in the neighborhood and people would take and go there. Um, yeah to take in to take and work with that so you started like you saw the need you did all these things and at that at the level of starting it you have obviously have you're a mentor because you're having people come in uh to this that are taking and working on different areas so like what value did you see like out of the concat and out of Technori? um it was probably you know there wasn't you're getting paid for it but it's like uh there's, there's a reason that you kept on doing these things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I think it was just the interpersonal connection, Yeah, uh, finding people like-minded. Um, and then really it was just because we all run into problems in our everyday, you know, professional life. Right. And the best way to find solutions to those problems are through other people who have experienced those. Right. Um, like yes, you can probably figure something out on your own, but it's a lot easier when you have outside uh, of experiences, other people to help figure out like how they did things or like kind of different viewpoints. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah,
0: I'd like to call that like is unconditional support. Yeah. and paying like it's also paying it forward taking a lesson that you've learned or acquired or somehow gotten mm-hmm. and helping it for the greater good it's just um you know some people will charge for that there's a, there's a place and a reason for doing that and charging like mm-hmm. nothing's ever free like we do get paid like we do things to get paid but in there's some situations where it's like it's good to just pay it forward and that's like help the greater good of the community
1: yeah well i think that that's one of the big benefits of open source uh software right. you know like a lot of those people are doing it for the good of (laughs) entity essentially, or, you know, the community, but it like, they're not getting paid for it, but they're advancing that world. Um, and I kind of saw, you know, the meetups and, uh, um, and all that stuff that we were doing as similar. It Mm -hmm. was just a very localized, like communal area. Right. Um, but you still, you know, um, there's huge networking advantages from it. There's uh, experience advantages from it. I mean, yeah, being a part of uh, Startup Weekend, you know, like one, I met you. Yep. Um, but I, you know, met a lot of people. Um, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with um, like the touch points. Like, like you said with uh, the ConCat meetup, one of the best things that you can look at and talk about with that is people got together on a regular basis. And that's a key thing because without regularity, I think one of the things that you lose in mentorship is authenticity. People Mm -hmm. are not like as much as you think going to some of the different, um, technology hubs and different markets and anything. And you hear everybody's there. That's like, Oh, I'm killing it. I call bullshit on a lot of it because Mm -hmm. not everybody's killing it. I know that I've struggled on days and stuff where I just need to talk to somebody. And I think that's one of the things that, um, like that I've valued out of mentorship in the professional capacity is having something that somebody that is not a therapist, like I call it like the, the meetup that I would have had was like a self-help group for people that really want to cry a little bit in the developer <laughs> community. We yeah. all had the same problems, but we were, it was empathy. Like that was one of the biggest things is empathy and understanding. Like those are two of the biggest lessons that I've learned out of it. Um, yeah, that's how I value it. So like, so going like digging deeper into it, what are some of the most valuable lessons that you've learned as a mentor to somebody else or from a mentor? Like there's gotta be a, I have a list of things too. It's like, like I can go back to like mentors as a child, like, and then growing up and playing football. One of the things that I always learned from my days of playing football competitive and then also in college was um, punctuality. Mm. You handle your business. And if you are, 15 minutes early, you're on time. If you're five minutes early, you're late. Mm-hmm. Like those lessons I will never forget. And it's like, okay, when you know like I try like if I start to get to like 14 minutes and I'm not there, I freak I personally start to freak out because that was ingrained in me. But that's one of the lessons that I had. So like I'll start to like text people, hey, I'm gonna be late. Yeah. But actually showed up on time <laughs> at the time of the start. It's uh I mean, but the lesson that was the underpinning lesson of that for me was um, it was related to getting your mind right to take and tackle the, the thing at that time mm-hmm. uh, and being mindful of other people's time. So that's one that I have, but like, what have you, like, what, I, I, we could go off on yeah. this for oh, a while.
1: I, I'm sure there's, I I would almost say that the majority of the things that I've learned have been uh, you know, gathered from other people kind of instructing me and teaching me on that stuff. But I mean, just off the top of my head, I would say I'm um, similar to yours where uh, the punctuality. Mine is communication, like an over-communication, right. almost like, like I transparency, right? Yeah, um, where communication is the root of like all problems. Right, I feel like at least ninety percent. Um, in that, when there's a problem, it's usually because people aren't communicating properly, and so. I try to especially with my clients but mm-hmm. also, you know, in my relationships, in my day to day, I try to over communicate as much as possible. Right. Like this morning, I thought I was going to be late and I texted you like, "Hey, I'm running a little late." And
0: I appreciate that.
1: Right, gave you a heads up. And then I ended up being like right on time.
0: Yeah, and it was no worries. Like that's the that's exactly to the point. It's like right. it's like if there's a situation that you can change, like more information or information is better than no information i think we have a society where people are afraid to say no Mm -hmm. or afraid to like they're worried of they say they don't care about everybody cares like what people think like i think we need to stop doing that like you know what i mean yeah like be respectful talk if it's a no or if it's a maybe like it, nobody's killing it. Nobody's doing that. So like, that's interesting that like that, that was the prime example today. Like,
1: yeah, no. I, and I think to your point, uh, about saying no, like there is one of the, like I, one thing I've learned over the years is that like I used to be a super agreeable person and just be like, Oh yeah, I can take care of that. Especially with clients. Right. Uh, like they'd, they'd ask for something that was out of scope and i would be like, yeah, I can take care of that. But Ultimately, it's running into like we run into problems because of that. And then I because I didn't stand tough and say no, like the project will go off the rails and they'll become unhappy. Where if I would have just said from the beginning, like, oh, sorry, that's out of scope. Like, if you want to explore that, we can, you know, uh, figure something out with it. Right. And usually, you know, they're like, oh, okay, fine. Like, either I don't need that or, like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And I end up getting more money because of, you know, it being out of scope or something like that.
0: Yeah. Or – But it's tough to say that no. Like, it's It is. People are
1: afraid to, like, make people angry or, like, disappoint them. But it's also, like, in personal relationships, like, I know a lot of people who will just say yes because they don't want to cause a ruckus or, you know, like –
0: I'm guilty of that occasionally. Oh, I do it all but, the time, too. Yeah.
1: Um. But when you stand firm on, like, no, because of this, you know, it ends up being better in the long run. Yeah. Like, you end up either not hurting people's feelings or disappointing them or whatever, like... I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I think on that personal side of things, like saying no uh, or holding your like holding your water, I think it's a good thing. Like you don't have to take and have an opinion on everything. Mm -hmm. Like there's sometimes like yeah, fine, let's do that. Like literally, I am indifferent. Like tacos or fajitas. Okay, well they're both going in a shell and they are. They're both great. They're both yeah. I'm like okay, I'm indifferent. I don't care. But (laughs) there's things that are like that are important. That like. To one person, that might be super important, but to another person, that may not be as important. Mm -hmm. Like knowing what things you're willing to stand for is extremely uh, important when you're trying to make decisions professionally personally with relationships, with work relationships, because ultimately we like to take and and consider, like we'll talk about this in a little bit, but work and life is two different things, but work and life kind of work together because Mm -hmm. it's all relationship-based. So if you take and have one opportunity to say no to something in one life part of your life how come you're not using it to say that in the other part of your life yeah it's understanding that you know your time is valuable and what is the opportunity cost of you saying yes like i bet there were times when you said yes that it was like what are the negative benefits of actually saying yes oh that means that this person can ask for anything at any time. They can just run over me. And you're taking and not selling yourself for mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, I think it's interesting that you hit on that, too. Like, yeah, for me, like the punctuality thing there uh, from mentorship. Another one, like the one of the most valuable things that I have learned was from our relationship was a mentor doesn't give answers. A mentor shows. Mm-hmm. And it's not... Well, I don't showing, want to
1: make it too easy for you. <laughs> well, no, no. This is
0: just like in general. It's like you can teach a man to fish or you can yeah. fish with firecrackers. Like I'm bastardizing <laughs> that parable on purpose. But it's um, don't expect a mentor to do everything for you. They're, the whole goal is if you want this relationship to be good or beneficial, It's they're going to help you get to a point where you can learn it because they want you to be able to understand not this bug, but how this particular thing works. So you can see that in other scenarios mm-hmm. to understand the concept versus the actual application of it. So, um, th- yeah. I mean, that's one of the things like have, you've experienced that too, probably from people that you've talked to and oh, totally. helped you advance your career.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, so I'm not a parent, but in many ways, I feel like that's a, a big part of being a parent okay. of like your goal is to get this little human, get this little human, tiny person to an adult
0: and not be in jail.
1: Right. And not be in jail, like not to ruin their life. Yeah. All of that stuff. Not screw them up too much. Yeah.
0: Um, screw them up just enough, (laughs) just enough.
1: Yeah. Uh, to give them personality. Right. Like character. Um, but you know, like you, you kind of need to, I don't know. Um,
0: you sometimes need to let them make their own mistakes or try things out. It's not like, it's not like Jurassic park where the velociraptors are tense, testing the fence to see what, <laughs> how far their bounds are, but you need to at least have some sort of situations where they can see it. Like, and it can be very tough. I think that's like, like just in the world in general, like we have extremists, we have extremists to the left of like not doing anything and extremists to the, like uh, to the other side where you're like really authoritarian. Like, um, I think sometimes you have to be in the middle of the road in terms of just like, okay, Johnny wants to have 14 cookies before dinner. Well, if Johnny has 14 cookies, I know that Johnny's going to get sick, but you know, if do I really want to listen to for the next 13 years, Johnny wants 14 cookies for dinner or do I want to take and let Johnny be sick for now? And then he realizes I really don't want 14 cookies for dinner, Mm -hmm. like before dinner. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's different ways of teaching people. Um, you know, and I don't necessarily think that doing things for them is necessarily the best way, but kind of leading them to where they need to go, uh, and make those decisions on their own or like make those discoveries on their own. It, that's a lot more impactful.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, one of the other things that I'll like conclude with mentorship on like just this question is, um, I think around like accessibility just because you're somebody's mentor doesn't mean you have to be like hands-on all the time. Mm -hmm. It's you just have to be available and availability could like be in any different things. It's like, it's again, it's like relationships with friends is you have to continually put effort into a relationship. You need to talk to people and Mm -hmm. not expecting anything in return. Like a mentor relationships where it's just like mechanical. Oh, I have this question. I have this question. I have this question. It's just going to die on the table. It seems like that's more of Mm -hmm. the Ivy, ivory tower kind of thing. I see mentorship as just a synonym for friendship. Um, Yeah. And like, (laughs) you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think in many ways, yeah, it it should be in that like learning is a lifelong thing. Right. And you don't know everything. Uh, You might be an expert in like, I think what we talked about earlier, like you might be an expert in one area, but you're not an expert in all areas. Right. And, and just because you're, um, mentor uh for for one thing doesn't mean that you can't learn from your mentee uh about other things right um and so i i think i agree it, like in many ways it should be a, a a friendship a relationship where you're both learning um and helping each other based on your experiences yeah
0: i mean i could take the lesson from just startup weekend organization standpoint it's like when you're a participant you're there to take and do the weekend you're tasked on that Mm -hmm. and when you move into the organization role like you learn so much more of the event from the participants than you do from like anything that you could have prepared for and so that's kind of that relationship right there Mm -hmm. i think um i think that's great to take and do this i want to segue a little bit into um the next little thing and like kind of go back to what we had talked about with gary v and seth godin and dhh um They're thought leaders and they're different. um, They're thought leaders in their respective fields Mm -hmm. and they've done different things in there. I want to talk and put on your thought leadership hat and take and go and transition into this, like the building, the work life that you want, because um, a lot of people might be like not surprised, but confused how to do this. The steps that can do it to actually get a work life that you feel proud of, like with the amount of travel that you do. You don't have to go into like grave detail. Um but the the more specifics are potentially good like the amount of travel, the mm-hmm. different work you work on and stuff like that. So uh the reason I thought it would be great is like building the work life. You've since I've known you have had this freelancing model that you've been able to work on and you seem extremely happy. There's times that are frustrating, but it's good. So um let's transition over into like how people can actually build this topic. So uh build their work life. So sure first off like let's talk about your chapters that you wrote but also what does your work life look like
1: uh so it's interesting because how i've developed my work life um it is very intertwined with my yeah my personal or work slash life like when i say the
0: work life you want it's not necessarily the balance it's like yeah it's work life like it's the career and life choices that you make. Totally. Yeah. So, so
1: I, I learned uh a little while ago that I am a horrible employee. Um, that I have a hard time working for other people. Um, and that's just me in that I learned that I'm not a nine to fiver type thing. Okay. Like when I do that, it doesn't end well for me. Uh in that I don't have a good like um a good life balance. Like I either, you know, get super obsessive of like, oh, how do I, you know, either I'm working too much or whatever. Um and so I learned that for me, the best way for me to have a like a happy life Mm -hmm. to be fulfilled, to, you know, that kind of thing is really I needed to be out on my own. I needed to be one running my own company. Uh and I have essentially decided to do that through freelancing. Um, so I am my boss. I get to say, okay, I'm working now. I'm not working now. Um, and I know that for a lot of people, that's a tough thing to do. Like setting those own, your own boundaries. Yeah. Like um, it's easy to kind of have that bleed into your life mm-hmm. um, and kind of get unhealthy. Uh, but for me, it gives me, it provides me enough flexibility that I can establish things or, you know, set my life up in a way that works for me. Um,
0: so what's a day in the life of Zach? Like what's a day in the life of a typical work week. And then what's a day in the life of a typical, like, uh, personal life, mm -hmm. And then, how does that translate to like your travel? Because I know you're not traveling all the time. There's mm-hmm. like there's work weeks, right? And then there's weeks that are off weeks, but how, they blend together. Like there's a calendar. We have 12 months. Like yep. So what is like what's a mix look like for you?
1: Right. So um, yeah. Uh, I tend to um. So a, a general day for me is I'll wake up whenever I wake up. I try not to use an alarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time I really do that is when I have a scheduled early you know, uh, like a call or a function. Exactly. Like where I have to be up at a certain time, but generally I just try to wake up naturally. And usually, you know, um, around the same time every day I'll wake up. Um, I'm not really a morning person. I'm more of a, like a late night person. So my days are a little bit shifted. Um, and so I'll, I'll wake up and essentially just start by, you know, doing my morning routine of either, um, you know, getting something to eat, you know um i'll probably check my email a little bit take care of all those like easy little tasks just to get off my plate um and then uh you you know once that's taken care of i'll maybe shower but it depends on what you know i have going on in that day um uh, yeah if i'm leaving the house then i'll definitely you know definitely shower and Get clean, ready. Clean get myself up a get, little bit. Get
0: primed and ready to take and hit the world. Exactly. Okay.
1: Um, some days that doesn't happen.
0: <laughs> some days that doesn't happen. Okay.
1: Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's really just uh, I try to follow kind of what my mood feels like. Okay. Um, I try to also, at the beginning of the week, flesh out what um, – what i need to work on sure um so essentially slot out like okay i have these projects that need to happen uh i'll work on you know this project on this day or right. during this period of time um and usually either just get it taken care of and off my plate completely or okay that slot is taken care of and yeah. now i'm on to the next one and i'll pick that up again yeah later. so from
0: a daily perspective it's very it's very ad hoc in terms of mm-hmm. like it's a loose schedule but from a weekly perspective you have you have to get some sort of idea of what you're working on. So you can then forecast out how to take and do the next week in a given week. How many different projects will you touch base with potentially? Like, would it be as high as, will it be as high as one or as low as 10 or flip that?
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, right now um, I'm anywhere between like, like three and six projects during a week, I would say. Um, And, I definitely, I try to bring those down as much as possible. Sure, sure, sure. I'm a firm believer, kind of the focus, like, on one thing at a time. Um, Try not to multitask too much, because then you just get any results. Yeah. Um, But uh, I do have my hands in a a lot of A lot of different sandboxes. Yeah, exactly. A lot of different projects. Um, Like, right now, uh, I have two different clients that I work with mm-hmm. and I just have a, a monthly retainer with them uh, that essentially I just designate a certain amount of time right. each week to work on whatever we have designated I'm going to be working
0: on. Okay. So how does that work in terms of for you pr- practically, if you have a bug coming from one client and a bug mm-hmm. coming from another client with your schedule how do you like do you just take in does one supersede like you both everybody's important right mm-hmm. yeah and you know you can't say yes to everything you can't say no to everything uh how does that come into play
1: yeah usually there's some type of ranking okay. of <laughs> how how bad are the fires is um,
0: the site down or is right. this down or exactly. i need this color to be light blue or <laughs> robin's egg blue or fuchsia
1: like okay right exactly and and most uh most things that come in aren't you know um they're not fires. Sure. They're just like, hey, I need this taken care of. Okay. shelve it for now. Like, we'll get to it right. when it comes up. Um, but, uh, yeah, and usually there aren't multiple fires. Right. That's usually when things get really stressful of like, oh, I got to do this, and I have to do this, and I have to do this. Oh, like, um, but usually it's like, okay, what one is the easiest to take care of first, like, prioritizing. Right. Um, and you just take those one at a time, get them off your plate uh and try not to freak out too much
0: okay so we got different projects three to six i'm just trying to recap this so we can uh, digest and go like kind of like a week month day kind of get this whole like the sphere of awesomeness that we call work-life balance uh figured out so we start the day we wake up whenever we start getting around if i have to go out we're going to take and get ready to do that then i take and go and i'm working on the task project that i scheduled at the beginning of the week so there's some Mm -hmm. sort of planning that goes on at the beginning of the week it's Tuesday. I'm going to work on this. I'll work on this for a few hours. And then, you know, it's dinner time. How right. does work life work around the, like the, the night part of time? Because as a freelancer, right. you could, if you wanted to, you could build 24 hours a day and work 24 hours a day, but I'm pretty sure that you don't want to do that. You, um, well, you have other things that are important in terms of, you know, going to be a part of this community, friends, family, relationships. Uh, So what is it like? Mm -hmm. How does that work, and how does that play into developing this this work life that you've desired to have?
1: Yeah, that's a big part of it too. um, In that uh, the off time is almost just as important as the on time. Okay, like when you're working um, and when you're not working. Uh, And I know sometimes I can be really horrible at this, and my fiance is actually really good about reminding me, like, "Hey, you need to shut off because you need to like." Have that non on work time, right? Um, And so, you know, when we do dinner, Mm -hmm. we do dinner. Like we're not working. We're not working while you know we're eating dinner. Right. We are spending time together. We're dinner time. Exactly. You get to
0: talk about your day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, Now, sometimes when there is a fire or something needs my attention, right? uh, I will actually. Um, be like, Hey, just so you know, I have this thing that I need to get taken care of. Like I'm going to be working on this after dinner. Okay. Um, and I will take time, you know, after,
0: after this situation to go take and address that it's, it's that over communication that we talked about at the exactly. beginning. It's like yep. really talking about that. Um, establishing expectations. Right. For because
1: that. there are times where, uh, like we'll be, you know, done for the day and then I'll have realized like, oh crap, something happened that right. I need to like uh you know, attend to. And I'll pull out my laptop and, you know, uh my fiance will be like, Is that really necessary right now? Do you have to have that done right now? And I'll be like, Oh, do I? Like, can it wait till tomorrow? Or like, oh, is this really a fire that needs right. to be put out right now like uh, and luckily if all,
0: if all emails are marked important <laughs> none of them are important exactly
1: and it's one of those where you know realistically like the work that we do on the internet like no one's dying like it's not like a um you know depending i yeah. know you know healthcare stuff like that some people might be yeah. uh but th- generally the work that i do cat
0: photos <laughs>
1: yeah it's not it's not to the point where you know it's a uh, you know, huge emergency. Yeah. And so most of the time it is one of those of like, you know what, it can wait till tomorrow. Right. And, you know, nine times out of ten, actually sleeping on something, I end up having a better answer or right. I end up then, having a like a better solution uh than I would have if I tried to take care of it right away.
0: Right. Then being thrown into the I have to think on the spot. And I only said cat photos because I know you had the furry pets uh I did, yeah. For a while. So like that's like is that really a bug? Becky can't see her cat photo. It's like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, she loves them. So, um, okay. So like, have you ever had an experience where you've had a client that you've worked with that continues to like, if you set up the expectations of I'm going to be working from these hours on this stuff that continues to violate those, uh, those parameters with what may not be, um, truly important things like every single day, X, Y, Z says they're, say you're building a website that indexes blow pops, the candy, sure. right? Say that they're, you know, oh, I need to add a new flavor and it happens every day during dinner time. How as a freelancer, as somebody that's running your own business, do you convey to them that this is something that you need to alter the behavior and tell me this like it's not gonna get mm-hmm. done as a rush rush. Right. Like is that a situation that you've come across or
1: how Oh totally. Okay. Yeah. You so essentially how I deal with that is you have to establish uh, boundaries and guidelines with your clients ahead of time. Okay. Uh, and that is essentially like making sure that they know, like you are available between these hours. Right. Um. Some clients. For what you've negotiated. Right. Exactly. Right. Um. And for some clients, like I don't, they're only, I'm only available to them by email. Okay. Uh-huh. And I tell them I will respond. Like I will have a response within 48 hours. Because that gives me enough time of usually, you know, um, either if it's the weekend or whatever, like, uh, I try not to be on all the time, right? but I tend to also try to give really good customer service. And where usually if they email me and I see it, um, I will respond pretty quickly just to let them know, Hey, Hey, I've seen this, what you're asking me and you'll just, you know, I'm taking a look at this. I'll have an answer for you again soon. Yeah. Uh when I can take care of it. Uh a lot of times when I'm like a traveling or something like that, uh I don't tell my clients ahead of time because most of the time I would just be needlessly like emailing it freaks them, up, them like, out. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, oh, he's
0: not at his He's not at the server room. Well, right. we don't have a server room. It's all the, okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, the world um, has changed. And we'll talk about that too. Like how the travel, like your office could be anywhere.
1: Now. Right. But I still, when they email me about something, I will say like, Oh, just so you know, I am traveling right now. Uh, I will get this taken care of the next opportunity that I can. Yeah. Um, and most people are like, Oh great. No problem. You know, like it's not a huge priority and we just get it taken care of. We slide it in.
0: Unless it is something's down, then you'll make arrangements to go work. For right. It.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, but usually that doesn't happen. Um, I try to limit the opportunities for that to happen. Okay. Um, try to mitigate them before they actually do.
0: Yeah. So we've got like, so what are some things that you do during the day that break up the day? Um, because, you you've talked about having multiple clients and Mm -hmm. different things with multiple clients mean different brain space and you have to take in, you know, there's also stuff that you've talked about, like stopping and making it dinner time. Mm -hmm. Like dinner time is obviously an event that can break up the day. You can go back to work if you choose for it. But what are some um, low hanging fruit ad hoc ways that people can take that are doing this, that can break up that day?
1: Yeah. Uh, So my two favorite ways of uh, breaking up in between tasks uh, one, taking a shower. Okay. It's probably my favorite. Nice. Um, and two, going for a walk. Okay. Um, and sometimes we'll be like dog sitting, uh, uh, either for like my brother or friends, you know, whatever. Sure. We don't have a dog, but when we are dog we'll, sitting, we'll
0: gratefully take that dog. We
1: Totally will. Uh, and we love it. Uh, I'll, and I'll put so,
0: your email in so people can bring their yeah. dogs to you if they want. Yeah, exactly.
1: So. Um, but yeah, like just kind of stepping away is such a huge thing of changing, right. you know, uh, the mindset. Um, yeah, for me, like either the shower or taking a walk are two best ways of kind of transitioning, uh, taking a lunch, yeah. um, you know,
0: actually leaving the apartment. Cause you work from, I do, you work out of your home.
1: I do work out of my, uh, I, I, I have a designated workspace in my living room. Okay. Uh, and Uh, yeah. And kind of like mega desk where we're sitting right now. Exactly. Uh, and my fiance has an office in our spare bedroom. And so we both work from the house Yeah, and you know, uh, sometimes it can be a little tough to kind of transition, especially at the end of the day, like I'm still working and she's making dinner or, you know, something like that where, um, sometimes it's kind of hard to trigger that. And so do you ever put
0: hard stops in? Yes. Like time. Like I'm done at 6:15. Like.
1: Yeah. Um. I try to end things when tasks are. Okay. So ended. you do it more of. I a, try to do yeah. that, but that doesn't always work out that way, uh, especially with bigger stuff. Like, um, last or yeah, last night I was working on a project, and it's a big project. Sure. And so I completed a big chunk of it. Yeah. And I hated actually ending the day, not being able to work on the next part of it. Yeah, putting that
0: whip, whip GitHub commit in there. (laughs) Like, oh god, I don't like having whips. Yeah, Uh, but it's it needs to be there because I have to do this because yeah, it's it needs to do this for my personal sanity. No,
1: totally. And like, but I try to um, complete whatever task I'm I'm working on. It might not be the whole project. If it is the whole project, great. Then I'm essentially like free for the day. Um but I try to at least get the the main thing that I'm working on, but sometimes that doesn't always have that where sometimes I, like especially if I'm beating my head against a like a um a problem it's so hard to just be like yeah. I, I know I need to walk away and I'll come up with a solution like once I do but I just feel like I need to like just plow through.
0: Yeah. Do you ever take and go off the computer and have like a piece of paper that you'll write your notes down? So that's like, Oh, I got an idea. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and this, and then just put it back in the office. And then just kind of like Seinfeld where he's I'm keep going there. Cause I love that show, but he's yeah. like, Oh, I got this like bit for there, but I'm not going to take and address mm-hmm. this now. Has that been a solution that's worked for you?
1: Um, so, I'm really bad about physical paper, okay. but I do have those with. I'll do like a notepad on, sure, on my sure. phone. Um, but Same thing. Same same, concept, same idea, yeah. just different. Yeah, slightly different medium. Um, but yeah, the idea is the same. Uh, or w- just walking away from it, whether it's the shower or the uh, the walk. Right. Usually taking that time away and just kind of like, okay, I'm gonna stop thinking about this. I'm gonna, or try to stop thinking about this. Usually just that stepping away helps me re like think about things in a different yeah, way. It recalibrates. It, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so usually like that's the best way for me to do it. That's
0: cool. So right now we've, we've hit the, the day starts. You do stuff. You have a hard stop. You, you try to put hard stops on when you're shifting gears. It's all done based upon what you decide at the beginning of the week. You need to have that personal stuff to end the day uh, for that. So that's the day we talked about like what the week looks like. Hey, you have potentially three to six clients at a time, potentially even less or more depending on um, the workload. That's the week. So what does a week to week look like in the terms of like a month? Like, cause mm-hmm. I know that, well, let's look at it from like a, like a quarter. So mm-hmm. you're working a quarter has what? 12 weeks.
1: give or take yeah yeah
0: what 16 something like that let's say three months four months or so um you have like 16 weeks or something like that what does a typical 16 weeks look like for you and this is kind of like where it's going to be interesting because i know where you're going to say about this how many days how many weeks of those are you on working and off working
1: so it totally depends on uh, the time of year right yeah yeah. because um i try to We, we try to designate a certain amount of time for travel. Right. Um, and usually, uh, I mean, I probably take a, um, a significant amount of vacation. Like that's one of the reasons why I don't work well in a nine to five because I don't get enough vacation. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: (laughs) So if let's, let's move this scenario. So let's do a mix. So Mm -hmm. the year is, let's say there's a year, like, are you 70 30 working on vacation? Are you 50 50? Are you like, are you, what's the mix in terms of a percentage? Like, instead of trying to narrow it down to it, right? What's the goal and what is like, what have you been able to do? And also, is a vacation always a vacation or can you work remotely?
1: Yeah. So we do, uh, we do often work remotely. Okay. Um, so, and that's a
0: benefit, I'm assuming.
1: Yes. Um, usually as long as it's not a, uh, international trip. Okay. Uh, so if it's still in the U.S., we will be working to some extent, whether it's just checking emails, like making sure things aren't blowing up, responding to things, whatever. But um, you could
0: full on build a site. Like you have, yeah, there's nothing you that's stopping you for that.
1: Yeah, it's just usually when it's a an international trip with international data and, it's and access to that yeah. stuff, uh, it can get a little tricky, and we try not to be too hard uh, hard fast with like deadlines and stuff. Right, right, right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we try to do, um, probably I would say 60, 40, uh, working to vacation Mm -hmm. for the year. Um, that's my ideal. I think, um, we are actually in a period right now where we're working more and trying to take off, uh, vacation less. We just came back from vacation, but that was like just a week. Um, and it was, very it was earned yeah <laughs> um but we're trying not to take too much uh like last year was kind of a period where i would probably say that was close to 70 30 right um of work vacation. of work, work to vacation which was great but it was also uh you could it was one of those where it does affect your work right, uh, or like your business in that when you're away, you're not doing business development. Right. You're not, you know, that the kind pipeline of
0: thing. takes and goes and exactly. Dri- it doesn't dry up completely, but you have to take and put right. that scenario in there.
1: Exactly. And I was lucky that when we did take vacations last year, it was uh, usually during periods where I had already established pipeline. Yeah. Uh, I already had um, clients that were there and they knew, Oh, I'm going to be away for this amount of time. Like, uh, and we just established that. Um, with our our plans.
0: So do you use vacation in your work-life balance as a thing that's like what keeps you from going batshit crazy, or is it used as a reward for taking and doing different things? Because like, that's one of the things that, like, yes, if you're taking and starting to do a freelance lifestyle, mm-hmm. you have this opportunity to do that. But should you do this? Like, should you go travel all the time? Like, or should you use this as like, oh, I finished this project or the, have this in the bank? Oh, or I just booked this $50,000 client for a three-month thing. I'm going to use 25 of that to go tour this. It's like, well, right. shit, you got to do the work. Like, How do you take you like, is it is it justified? If it's not, cool. That's like...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for us, uh, travel is such a huge part of our world. Like, right. we, for me, it... it it's about getting away from like kind of the mundane lo- world right. that we live to in break generally. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, like- it's again
0: to like the same topic as breaking up, the task to take you most productive for when you are in the task.
1: Exactly. Like, and, and I'm a firm believer. Like this world is kind of such a crazy cool place that I want to see as much of it as possible. Rightfully Uh, so. And so when I'm stuck in Chicago for too long, I get super antsy. Like I need to go somewhere else and it doesn't even need to be like, it, it could even just be like a drive up to you know the to wisconsin milwaukee. yeah or, yeah which we love milwaukee like to even just taking the train up there yeah like we'll do that you know at least once a year um for you know, a weekend at a time or whatever just to kind of break things up
0: yeah it's not that chicago's bad it's just it's life it's mm-hmm. like
1: you just need to change the pace
0: sometimes that's like to recalibrate and stuff yeah
1: and and for us like that's a that's that's not necessarily what works for everyone. Like I know some people who are very happy, like in their little world, you know, without leaving it, um, not going on vacation, not like breaking it up and, you know, adventuring. Sure. Um, and that's great. Like whatever works for you, it's about figuring out what works for you and actually, um, kind of figuring out that, that process, right. Uh, and living the life that you like, Want.
0: that's cool, that's cool so seven so seventy thirty right now, but you ideally want to go to a sixty forty relationship, mm-hmm. yeah but, I think so yeah. so I think the next question that I have is, is how long did it take you to get um to the level of comfortability like doing freelancing uh to where you are at now like how long mm-hmm. like it was it we talked that you've got you know over a decade of experience it's over like fifteen years of experience you weren't taking trips and jet, mm-hmm. jet setting 60, 40 off your first contract i know that for a fact i I will bet you one candle that's burning (laughs) uh for a fact that that's the case so how long um in your did it take you to develop your business and your network and stuff like that to have this relationship because there's probably people that are here today it's like i want to freelance and i want to travel to bali and do all this Mm -hmm. but don't understand that don't have the contacts or the pipeline that you have like and maybe explain like the context, some of the context yeah. and pipeline that you've been able to build, not in detail, but like how did you build your pipeline to be able to do this?
1: Yeah. So this has really only been a, a recent thing within the last, like probably two, three years that I've really been able to do this. Like I've been trying to travel while working for a couple of years now. And you know, like um, when I've tried to do it while I was uh full-time employed it doesn't work. Right. You know, like I've gotten fired over, uh, trying to like essentially taking too much vacation.
0: You can get close, but then there's like, okay, you're pushing the limit a little bit. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And, um, but you know, for me, it's only been recently that I've been able to do that in a healthy way, in okay. a way that like one, you have to uh, kind of establish when your business needs more of your attention. Right. Um, and that's kind of one of those like ebbs and flows of business um especially with pipeline you know like right you, you figure out when are the hot periods when are the slow periods and you adjust accordingly like um my fiance and i like we know during the holiday season like between you know thanksgiving and you know, just after new year's tend to be relatively slow periods. So, yeah.
0: So you can then book your travel to go see family.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, or we'll take trips. Like we'll go to Hawaii or Mexico or, you know, wherever during those periods when we know, Oh, we'll probably not have projects booked up mm-hmm. during that period. Or, or or we just established like, Oh, those periods are for us. We're, right. we're taking those down, um, from our calendar.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you're saying it's just in the past two, two, three years that that's happened. So you're taking and saying, like, you've been at, like, the freelancing for an extended period of time. It took Mm -hmm. several years for you to get to a point where you felt comfortable about this.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of that also is the community in general has gotten better about that. Like, there are more people who are kind of, like, digital nomads or... I hate
0: that term, I know,
1: but, yeah, like, people who travel uh, on a regular basis... Um, and have gotten better about figuring out how to do this. Yeah. Um, also like the use of like, uh, like base camp or right. other project management tools have made it a lot easier to communicate with clients, um, in a like reliable manner so that where I could be wherever and still have access to it and still send email right. or, you know, whatever, uh, like uh, the prevalence of Fi, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, cell phone service
0: and i mean the fact that we as software uh engineers product people on the internet take in don't need to be tied to a physical server in the mm-hmm. server room anymore yeah no totally the cloud has done great things so like literally we can yep. take our laptop and go wherever i mean i've done not to the extent of your travel but last year i spent a week in california um we rented a house there and why because it was march and i wanted <laughs> to get out of chicago because yeah. it was cold and worked remotely for that week doing my normal day job and then was on vacation at night and so we went to a couple hockey games and we did this I know California hockey but still it was it was NHL teams it's that i had never Better than Florida hockey. I've seen Florida hockey. Florida Panthers. It's <laughs> not great. It was empty. The stadium was empty. But I digress. Um but like that was for me that was like my first foray into it. It's like I was working during the day it was a little bit of a time shift, but I was a tourist at night. And so I was on vacation and then I had two weekends Um, I had the front weekend and the second weekend there that I was on vacation, which was, you know, and I, I implore people if they have that ability to take do their organizations, it's a way to, it, it really takes discipline because you have mm-hmm. to have an understanding of like, I am working, mm-hmm. like you're, you have to be available. You have to have some sort of like a remote situation you have to be set up for it you can't just like go okay frank is gonna take and go do this now um but it's like you have to be understanding of like i think a lot of the people who work from home or are freelancers now that have experience should take and do that because it's a great way to you know kind of again again we talk about this Break the mundane up. Switch mm-hmm. topics so you can focus on what you're doing when you're doing it. So yeah, and
1: I think a big uh, thing that allows us to do that is that uh, a lot of my projects aren't necessarily like <clears throat> I'm not interacting with my client like right. Um, Active,
0: not... you're not actively developing something there. Right, they're it's, not. You seeing have auto- me... autonomy.
1: Right, exactly. Like, and I'm not like interacting with them we're not having a back and forth to get a project done it's okay i have this task i can take care of this whenever as long as we get it taken care of by this time right and so i can be and traveling. i have all the
0: details to do that
1: exactly so a lot of times like i'll do work on a plane or on a train or you know while i'm in, in an automobile yeah even then um where i'm actually like i'm in transit yeah. taking care of work they don't need to know where I'm actually doing the work, just that the work gets right. done. Um, and so it's kind of like being creative about how you get that stuff done. It's about getting the work done, not about how do you do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah.
0: You still have to do it. I mean, that's a that's a, the main factor with all this. You have to do mm-hmm. your work. Otherwise you can never, you won't be able to afford that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been able to have, um, and I know that you've had, several freelancers that you've worked with on that that book that you did contributed chapters to where you've maintained a six-figure lifestyle by doing that and working the ways that you've wanted to, um, Mm -hmm. which is pretty awesome. So I know you alluded to it a little bit more uh, a little bit previously, but I wanted to explicitly ask uh, what is and slash was the main motivating factor for pursuing the freelance career versus a traditional Mm nine-to-five? Like, you found out that, yeah, you wanted to do vacation, but that's that mm-hmm. probably isn't the main reason why you wanted to do this.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the big part of that is realizing kind of... It's self-awareness. Yeah. Uh, it's realizing Absolutely. who you are and how you best work. Um, like, for me, I realize, like, when I'm stuck at a desk nine to five, I very quickly become very unhappy. Okay. Uh, and so... I need that kind of breakup of the day to day um, or following my body and mind um, to really have a healthy relationship and to still be productive. Okay. Um, And travel is a big part of that in that, like like I mentioned earlier, like this world is crazy cool. There's so much of it. And I've seen like 1% of
2: it. Right. Right. And
1: so my, like we only have one life. And so I want to see as much as I can. I I, I want to see, you know, um, I, I want to experience as much as I can. And I have figured out a essentially a career, uh, a job, a, a lifestyle that allows me to do that.
0: So why not do if you've already put the effort into doing that? Why not take the you know if the door is open walk through that mm-hmm. door to take it yeah
1: in. i mean we're very we're very fortunate and i and i realize that this is coming from a a position of privilege like not everyone can do this right um but i am able to, like i'm fortunate enough that i am a like uh i have a skill set that right. is very in demand uh and that i can you know um i make a decent amount of money and i can go live the lifestyle that i want because someone is willing to pay me to to do that. Right. And I don't need to be tied down to a specific place. Like, the internet is a marvelous thing. Yes. Um, it's magical, really. Uh, it's also scary. It is. It is. A lot of weird stuff out there. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still able to kind of do things a little different from what we've been sold as like the, what you have to do. As the path. Yeah, exactly. Like the college nine to five, you know, wife, kid, you know, progression. Um, Like you can do things a little different if you have that ability. And I do. So
0: do you think you can do this? Like, I know that you're taking and doing more contract work, um, freelance style. Um, do you think you can do this if you're building a startup or do you think the startup kind of falls into the traditional sense where you, um kind of like in the early thing you need to be with the people you're building it with or like if it's if you're building a decentralized startup it's mm-hmm. like you need to have those like constant conversations because things are forming do you think that you'd be able to have your lifestyle that you've chosen in a like traditionally building a tech startup
1: uh i think you can um it's probably a little difficult it it probably is a little bit more difficult but i uh so i built some software a couple uh last year with uh, two guys, one who's in Vancouver and okay. one who one who's in uh, San Diego, I have never met them in real life, but we built software together. You know, Slack, uh, Skype, using okay. those tools. Essentially, we were in communication every single day. Right, we were able to completely flesh out and build the product, and then uh, and. A year later, so whilst
0: that. you were traveling and doing your yep. other stuff, so yeah, exactly. It can be dumb but you need to take and make. I, I so I guess it is like you just like it's just a reallocation of what a freelance contract is. The mm-hmm. just the the payment terms or whatever is just different. So you're taking and looking at it more of a long play instead of a short. Like this is something that has a a, a hard fast deadline for you to collect on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any like uh, I don't know why this just popped into my head, but like. When you're out of the office and traveling and you have invoices due, how do you keep and do, like, how do you do that? Like, do you, how do you stay on top of that?
1: Uh, so. Or do
0: people like pay you in front? Like.
1: Yes. A huge way of, uh, kind of making sure that you don't run into issues, uh, collecting payment front. Yeah. So I'm lucky in that, um, uh, a bunch of my clients right now are on retainer. Nice. Uh, so monthly retainer, as long as they're paying me, they have reserved my services. Right. Um, and usually along with that, we'll have, you know, X amount of tasks that need to be done during the month. That they come up with. And yep, you exactly. Just we or yeah, or, or, or we establish those together. Sure. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I just bill them monthly. Uh, usually I have it set up. It just charges their credit card through Stripe every month. Okay. Um, that's the easiest way. And when there's an issue with a payment, like I'm not doing work until I get paid. Right. Uh, that's a huge way of kind of alleviating that headache. Um, there's also for like kind of more one-off projects, uh, I'll usually collect 50% uh, up front or a hundred percent. Right. Right. But usually, you know, if it's a big amount, it'll be 50% up front and then the other 50% upon like completion upon delivery. of delivery yeah. of either certain tasks or upon delivery. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I could see like, if you're not like, Yes, your laptop's probably got everything on there, but if you're windsurfing and off the coast of Bali or, you know, picking grapes in Salerno uh, and you're not at your laptop and something goes wrong or something happens internationally and you, oh, wow, this client was supposed to pay me and it's not mm-hmm. here, that's, that's a lot harder to track down while you're doing international travel. Yeah, I try like, to automate a lot yeah, of Yeah, automate stuff. that stuff. That's really cool. I think, um, how did you know when it was time? how did you know when it was time that you were wanting to take and change this lifestyle from like, what was the nexus of that? Like not, not the main motivating factor for pursuing it. Like when, mm-hmm. when did you say I'm a freelancer? I'm on my own.
1: Um, well, so I mean a lot of that's self-awareness, uh, kind of figuring out what works for you and when, what doesn't the most like I've always, uh, in many ways I've been freelancing on and off over the last couple of years. Uh, because freelancing is a very flexible and wonderful kind right. of way of working, um, but most recently, the last time and what really solidified like freelancing is a method that works for me was when I got fired from my last full time job because it just wasn't it wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted. Like right. it didn't work with who I was and my performance resulted because of it okay, um, like I was just not happy, and because I wasn't happy, I wasn't taking care of myself, and i wasn't I wasn't working to the best of my ability right. and because of that, I got fired okay um and so a lot of those like it, it was learning the lesson the hard way, but it was one of those where it was ultimately it was the best possible outcome, yeah, because it was that
0: catalyst that kind of exactly
1: like... yeah, like it was one of those things that I had always kind of figured like that, uh, you know, but it was almost like, Oh, I'll, like I'll take this full-time job because you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But I know I'm not going to be super happy, but I'll do it anyways. And then those reasons end up, you know, for sure. Not being why I like needed to be there. Yeah. And, and so going it back out on my own as a freelancer was like, Oh yeah, no, this makes sense. This is, like actually this is why this will I should be, be doing yeah. this yeah so
0: million dollar question is are you happy right now with how things are going like with yeah. the amount of business like do you have too much too little like is the life blend working for what you'd expect it like what you sought out
1: mm-hmm. yeah um so I am the happiest professionally that I have ever been okay um now that's not to say that there aren't you know, hiccups or that there aren't like periods where I'm a little bit stressed or like things are, aren't working perfectly, yeah. but more or less, like I'm doing the best work that I've ever done. I am working on the types of projects that I want to be working mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have that flexibility, um, of if I need to go on vacation or I need to travel or, or whatever, if I need
0: to be here to support something else,
1: exactly. I have that flexibility and that, alone is like the peace of mind that kind of kind of provides me right happiness and that, you know, I don't know.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Cause it like literally you started to allude to my next question that I have written down. It's what are some of the current fears that you have when it comes to your freelancing work? Like what are some of the big things that you've seen that you're afraid of in your personal practices? Um, or what are some things that you've experienced that can help others to like know like I, I, one of my biggest fears is runway, personal mm-hmm. runway and yeah. uh, security, because that's, that's a big fear. Not knowing the pay, like when pays are coming in and you can do all your best, but sometimes mm-hmm. clients won't pay you. That's a reasonable fear to have. So totally. developing a runway to take and make that transition is a huge thing. So like, what are some things that you've encountered? Um, not just in this transition out after this last role, but previously like mm-hmm. um, in some of your earlier startups.
1: Yeah. I mean, so um, how I'm like, have my business set up now has removed a lot of the fears that came with like full-time employment. Like, okay. you know, one of the big fears getting fired and then all of a sudden you're out of, you know, a job and money
0: and health insurance and, and everything, all of that stuff. Yeah. like
1: huge headache. Um, and so now I don't worry about that because I am my boss. Like I'm not going to fire myself.
0: So you don't have that, but you still have the benefit you still have to worry about getting a paycheck and yep. getting the other stuff. You won't get fired, but Right.
1: And and but I've also set my uh my business up so that like one, I have multiple clients. Uh I have residual income coming in from various projects. Okay. Where it is very, very, very unlikely that all of those are going to dry up, right, at a moment's notice, right. Um, like, yes, one client may all of a sudden decide, like, oh, hey, we're going to end our, we're going to terminate our agreement,
0: and sometimes that's fine, and
1: sometimes that happens. But I'm not totally screwed, right. because I still have those other sources, uh, you know, helping out, right. And so usually it's just like, oh, okay, I have some new availability, like uh, I'll reach out to other clients, either people, you know, that have been, um, reaching out to me asking about my availability or, you know, something like that. Um, I try to keep the pipeline, you know, relatively flowing right, continuously anyways, but you know, sometimes I am booked up and I just yeah. have to.
0: So what steps have you done to keep your pipeline, um, full? Cause I know that that's one of the problems that, I've heard numerous mm-hmm. people experience it's like, yes, I do have these different things like, or I, I would just rather work on the project than have mm-hmm. somebody else deal with the pipeline. Yeah. So like, how do you keep your pipeline full? I know, I know a lot of it is personal recommendation from mm-hmm. doing good work, but are there any like tactics or other sources that you like, can I go to Elance or can <laughs> I go to uh, Odesk? It's like, yes, you can, but you won't be happy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I mean, a lot of, not it, because
0: of the services, but sometimes the clients are, they right. They, yeah. They, you're not getting they, the best. Uh, well, they focus, uh, the projects focus on race to the bottom on price. It's mm-hmm. not that the services are bad. I just wanted to add to that note, <laughs> not to bash them as <laughs> services.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so a big thing is, um, itching down professionally, like having becoming a, an established authority on a certain, like either technology or, um like a certain area mm-hmm. uh helps greatly because then you become as essentially you become the kind of the person to go to yeah for this thing. Like uh one of my uh coworkers um Kurt Elster he is a Shopify professional. Okay. So and, anytime
0: you have a Shopify you go to Kurt.
1: Exactly. And he does amazing work. Uh he is you know a Shopify like he is listed as a Shopify professional. People just come to him. Because they know that he can do what they need him to do. Right. Because they need an e-commerce store, you know, and he's the one that can make that happen. Yep. Uh, My fiance is a Squarespace professional. She works specifically for those. She has a very specific thing. It's weekofthewebsite.com. And people come to her because they need a specific thing, and she can take care of that. Um. You know, for me, I have uh, essentially started becoming known as like a startup, like uh, a a small software prototyper. Like I can build out ideas very easily and quickly for specific things. Right. Um. And so I have people coming to me because they know that I can do that. Right. Um. And whether I'm available or not, you know, like sometimes we'll just book out further. Um, But, yeah, usually that's
0: that's how how you keep the pipeline full. It's like you market yourself for that and you just have people that are around you doing that.
1: Yeah. When you do everything, people have a hard time knowing when to come to you for a specific thing.
0: Right. They don't know what you're taking and doing. Like you can have different, you can have different verticals. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine, but then right. you just have to brand those as different verticals. You're working on this, at this, you're working on this, at this, or it'd be an agency where you say, Hey, I do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but know how to take in like directly, uh, affect what your message is to the person who might be doing, uh, needing that message. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's interesting. That's uh good, um, good, good bits, good kibble and bits for, uh, my brain right there. Um, Kind of going to wrap up with what are, one of my last questions is uh, what has been the greatest benefit personally and professionally that has come from your freelancer work life?
1: Oh, I think it's, I mean, it's the flexibility, uh, like being able to establish kind of the life that I want to lead um, and live. Um, it, yeah. Really just that flexibility allows me to like, if something comes up, um, like a friend reaches out, like, Hey, I'm going to be in next place, you know, yeah. on this week, you know, can you go a lot of times, you know, most people be like, Oh, I have to work. Uh, I am lucky enough that I have been able to be like, Oh, sure. Well, let's do it. Yeah, You know? Um, and either I can still take care of any client stuff while I'm there or, uh, or I just set that time aside of like, you know, um, you know this will be taken care of later, yeah, um, that kind of stuff i yeah, mostly just I've been able to travel more than most people usually do because of that flexibility, yeah,
0: and like traveling, obviously, travel is your hobby, so mm-hmm. we could think of it too, it's like that's what your yeah that's what your sixty forty is geared towards it's travel, right. um, so other people's sixty forties may be geared towards something completely yep. different, so like you said before, like oh, you can golf family it uh-huh. could be making music which is another stuff like so the sixty forty is like almost like the goal of what you wanted to do and you know that that may be practically uh working two weeks a month that uh-huh. may be working for two months now three months later you know uh-huh. doing a shift there's no recipe or reason as to like how you're going to get to that mix Um, except for like, just to summarize some of the stuff that we talked about is like, you have to understand business pipeline. You have to get that nailed down. You have to understand how to take into task management for yourself. Like from what I heard is like, you would, if you didn't have an understanding of task and product management, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to do any of this. Like you'd get overwhelmed and it would probably be more stress than if you were just to sit and work and have work a nine to five like mm-hmm. even though it's a in the dynamic that we've talked about it's a bad thing it would be stressful there. yeah so um i think that's it it's amazing to just like see how these two topics were related um because mentorship obviously talked about like you became a mentor and you're talking about thought leadership and mentorship around this specific topic um zach thank you again for being on the podcast today like i hope you had a great time yeah thanks for having me it was an absolute treat um and yeah again as i like to do on the podcast is open the floor to you to share anything with the audience that you may have left out any of the topics whatsoever if you want to sing Um, you know, my heart will go on. You can do that too. Uh, That's very tempting. It's very tempting, but Zach, the floor is yours. Like anything you want to share with the, the audience?
1: Mm, Uh, I think the, the big thing is if you have the ability, like, don't be afraid to do things a little different. Um, like that's one way for you to stand out, uh, in kind of this crowded world, but it also allows you to not get kind of stuck in that rat race. Mm -hmm. Like you can build the life that you want. Like that works for you. Right. Um, Like we live in such a interesting time with the internet and and all of that stuff. Like you have flexibility, like you don't have to have the nine to five and have the boss telling you what to do. Like if you want to, you can totally build kind of the business and the life that you want. That works for you. And don't be afraid to kind of try to explore that.
0: Yeah. And say no to things. Saying yep. no opens up a lot more opportunities to say yes to yep. what you're really happy about. So, Tack, um, thank you for being on the show. As I like to do sometimes with uh, the people that come on the show in person in the recording studio, I'd like to give a token of my appreciation here. So, here you go, Zach. If you could let people know what you've got there, um, oh boy, yeah. And then if you also flip into the first or second uh, page, you'll see some stuff there too.
1: Okay, it's, it's, so this is um,
0: it's okay. a magic book.
1: It's a, a a copy of David Copperfield by Charles Dickens. Um, and let's see. Uh, oh boy. Uh, it looks like it is, um, a monopoly, a a monopoly a McDonald's monopoly, uh, card. Oh, jewel. Jewel, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, there is, uh, an inscription on the inside cover that says Zach, thank you for the support and guidance. Uh, uh, some other stuff, some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my life forever. Uh, joyful for you too. Yeah. Oh, thanks Basher. Yeah, great. thank
0: you. I I bought that book a few years ago as a magic book and it was not <laughs> definitely. I'm like, what the heck David Copperfield? <laughs> I have been due to but, you know, I figured it's going to be a good Oh, that's funny. It's going to enjoy a new home too. I love it. Thank so. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you again. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. If you're listening, thank you for joining us uh Again, for episode 11 of the Opinionated Stance podcast. If you're here listening and you still haven't done so, visit OpinionatedStance.com. Zach is watching you. He's got that webcam. He's watching you right now. So um, Also, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have any comments, questions, concerns, show ideas, reach out. We love to hear feedback. And thank you again. I can't. I cannot stress this any more than I do. The support has been wonderful. Thank you again for listening to the shows and continuing to listen. Um, Until next time, cheers. We are out.